Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. When the world gets crazy and the Vikings nation gets wild, I go, let's, let's bring in people that have been there, can walk us through it. Greg Coleman, 44 years ago, came here, started punting footballs here, and stayed here. Uh, he announced his you know, it's a retirement only from his uh, sideline duties uh, with the Vikings in the, in the Vikings radio network. Uh, we come to a conclusion last week that doesn't mean he's retiring. It just means uh, uh, he's taking that off his plate. And he's nice enough to join us now. Greg, I, I don't know if I ever asked you that. I, I don't remember the circumstances. When you got signed here, uh, what, did you come to training camp and beat somebody out? Did, did, did you get called in the middle of the season? How, how did you end up with the Vikings? It was, it was during the middle of the season, Maxie. I was actually uh, had been released by Cleveland after leading the league during that preseason and tried out with three or four of the different teams. Nobody wanted to make a decision, and we were still living in Cleveland, elegant with Kara, our first child. And I can remember watching a game between the Vikings and the Los No, the Vikings and the Los Angeles Rams, and that was that game that Jack Youngblood took young Tommy Kramer, dumped him up, dumped him on his head, yep, and he sustained a concussion out on the field. Remember that? Some oh of yeah, are old enough in the tooth to remember that. Well. At my ninth floor apartment, I was so frustrated because nobody wanted to make a decision. I go and open my ninth floor apartment window, and I'm screaming at God. I said, you lied to me. You said if I would pray and I did what I was supposed to do, that you would give me the desires of my heart. And I have done that. Where are you? And I said, I want to play football. I want to play football so bad that I'll even play for the Minnesota Vikings. (laughs) And I closed that ninth floor apartment window. The next day, October 16th, I got a call from Frank Gilliam, who was director of player personnel. Sure. And I spent the next 10 years punting here for the Vikings. My first game was October 22nd, 1978, against the Green Bay Packers. And we beat them in Old Met Stadium 21-7. to to Long story, I replaced Mike Woods during the middle of the season uh, in 78. And, and did they just cut him? Was it one of those deals where they said, we get, we're not happy here? Yeah, they, they they weren't at that time, and, and Woody was a great guy, but uh, I guess he wasn't getting the job done, so that's why they called me. And that's what you and, live with uh, your whole life in that league. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. really, that, that you can get 10 years in one place, Greg. Now, I know uh, you're one of the few, as I saw you on the sidelines the other day, I thought, you know, you're one of the very few that really understands Met Stadium, the Metrodome, TCF Bank Stadium, and the U.S. Bank Stadium because you've been there for all of them, either as a player on the sidelines. Obviously, we all loved Met Stadium, those of us that attended games back then, and, and a lot of it had to do, of course, with winning, etc. What does What was Met Stadium to you? Oh, man. that's You know, out of all the questions in my career, I don't think I've ever... 
been asked that. What was Met Stadium to me? Well, I used it as a safe haven mm-hmm. because very few punters could come in after the win. Yep. And you know the Bud would talk about the uh, the. Uh, you know, the Alberta Clipper yep. coming down, and he said, don't worry about leading the league because uh, the winters are going to be harsh and the wind is going to be blowing, but if you can master that, if you can get the nose over, punt it towards the corners, put it towards the sidelines, uh, then you're going to be okay. Uh, don't worry about averages, and that's what I did. I used it to our advantage, just like Bud and the team used the winter to our advantage. Yep. When teams from... The South and California would come in. They would be focused on staying warm. Well, we knew it was going to be cold, so uh, we used it to an advantage. The Minnesota Vikings, you know, you you have been right there front and center for this love. It's kind of a love-hate relationship, but it's truly a love relationship with the fans. They they get frustrated. They get frustrated for the right reasons. They just want to see a team win, go to a Super Bowl again, all the things that every NFL city does. But, like, when you see the other day – your last interview with Mike Zimmer after the game. And and I mean, I, I'm listening and, and I'm getting teared up because I can feel what you guys, you know, you, you know the inevitable. He knows the inevitable. You've seen this before. You know how this plays out. You know it's it, what kind of a business it is. But to hear you two um, almost brought to tears uh, among, what, what was that like for you? Because you didn't have to say it. You knew exactly what both of you were thinking and feeling. What did that feel like to you? Well, you know, deep inside, it was the last day for both of us. Mm-hmm. And uh, we walked out on the field during pregame. We were, I was coming into the stadium. He was coming out for pregame warm-up. And I, I asked, I said, hey, Zim, are the twins here? Talking about his, his daughters, you know, his grandkids. Yeah. Are the twins here today? He said, no, the twins are not here today. Uh, I said, well, I'm going to see mine after the game, and I'm going to spoil the heck out of them. And he looked at me and said, I'm going to be able to spoil mine too. Yep. And it was just that look, you know, yep. when you he knew, yep. when you know what a man has gone through, you have seen how uh, it had beat him down mentally, physically, emotionally. I can remember a, a, a month or so ago when Andy Reid was taken off the field uh, with chest pain. Yeah. And I can remember, you know, before starting our post-game interview, he said, man, i got to check on Andy. i got to see how Andy's doing. He said, God darn, man, this, this game is stressful. And I knew at that point that it had really started to wear on him. I mean, you could look at the eye injury. You can look at, you know, incident after incident. But, Maxie, in, in, in the grand scheme of things, coaches are hired to be fired, and especially if you don't win. Bud would always say, he said, Touch, I can find anybody and bring them in off the street to put on a purple jersey and a helmet with horns on it. But if we don't win, changes are made. Coaches know that. Fans know that. Players know that. And certainly after the last several years that we've had here, um, and, and the Wilfs basically giving Mike everything he thought that he needed to correct this defensive team, uh, and it still didn't work out, you knew uh, somewhere in the back of your mind that uh, that changes would be made. And in that moment that we shared together uh, at that last post-game uh, interview, uh, it was it was almost like it was a relief, mm-hmm. but also 
you respect the humanity of the man. Yeah. It didn't make sense for me to go down that path. Hey, man, are you going to be here tomorrow? You, you know, what about this and what about that? That's, that's not how I choose to do my job as a journalist. Uh, I, I'm not going to go in and, and, and uh, you know, just kick a person when he's down. No, and, and, and you didn't have to. Does. I mean, we all knew what was at stake, you know, and, and you're just feeling the moment and you're trying to feel what he feels and you feel, and that's, um, that's pretty compelling stuff. You know, I, 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 you, you've seen a lot of coaches come and go, players come and go, and I always worry, uh, Greg, when, you know, they'll be with us for about a week, and then pretty soon we'll focus on whoever the next new coach is, next new general manager is. And, and you know, maybe Zim will coach again next year, maybe he won't. But I, I do, I truly worry about he and Rick Spielman from the standpoint that you give so much, you develop so few hobbies, and now you're in a world that, people aren't calling anymore and they don't need you you to sign something for a charity what do you tell them about that if you can what 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 would you tell them about transitioning out of a spotlight and 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 trying to you know you you basically got to reimagine your whole life well to a certain extent maxi but i was fortunate enough that when i was drafted by the cincinnati Bengals in 1976 i was fortunate enough and i and i look back now and when I say fortunate, somebody says, you're fortunate to get cut? Well, yes, because it forced me to look at reality. It forced me to look at the National Football League as it was. It was not a career. It was a, it was a stepping stone and a milestone to move ahead. And I was forced to get a job after being drafted by the Cincinnati Bengals. And it showed me and taught me that you're at the whim, you're at the risk of a bad punt, a bad play, or coaches, or an owner's decision. So I prepared my first year like it was my last year. I worked every offseason. I prepared myself for when it was over because nobody in the National Football League will outlast father time. And, And it's the same way with coaches. You did something before you coached, uh, whether it was selling insurance or or, or, or whatever, you were a high school coach, a college coach, but sometimes that's in your blood. If you can coach, you can sell. If you can sell, you can motivate. And all of those things, there are so many things that life can present to you after playing, after coaches. You just have to take the time to take a step back and say, I am more than my record ever. I am more than my record as a punter. I am more than my record as a coach. Yes, that's what you did, but that doesn't have to define you as who you are as a human, as a man or a woman. So, yeah, does it sting? Does it bite when when the organization says you're no your services are no longer needed? Because Maxie, money is nothing but a byproduct of services rendered, and if you have a service or a talent. Man, somebody can always use it, and and you just have to sell yourself, and nobody can sell you better than you. So, so like like if if Mike Zimmer asked you, Greg Coleman, and he said, "Hey, man, I'm sixty five, sixty six, whatever he is, what would you do if you were me? What would you tell him?" Well, coaches are great orators; they have great stories; they're great motivators. 
Um, and that's what I'm doing, Maxie. I'm taking the stories, the leadership principles and lessons yep. that I learned to a professional speaking business, the lessons that I learned as a player, how to overcome adversity, uh, you know, being the first African-American putter in the National Football League, the things that I had to go through, talking about resilience, all of those things. It, it doesn't matter. It's the same church, different pew. If you're talking to people, you're trying to shift the atmosphere. You're trying to flip the field with a culture to move people forward. And that's what I'm doing. That's what coaches can do. And that's what I would tell Mike Zimmer. Man, package those stories up. Package those lessons learned. Package those leadership principles that you used as a coach. Because corporate America needs those. Society needs those. We need more leadership. We need more motivation. We need more inspiration. Because somewhere down the line, we lost the humanity of mankind. And that's what I would tell Mike Zimmer to do. Greg Coleman, I mentioned that you, you know, you're retiring from one position. It doesn't mean you're retiring from what you're doing. You've you got a lot of things going on. What, what is your greatest passion right now and going forward over the next five years? Making a difference in the lives of people. Shift atmosphere in, in different organizations and culture. There's a culture shift that's needed. We need to respect people, respect authority, uh, but also give your best. Maxie, somewhere we have, have fallen into the, to the habit of, hey, if I just give a little bit, I'm okay. No, you've got to be the best. And a very dear friend of mine, his name is Gerald Irons. He was a linebacker with the Oakland Raiders, and he was one of my mentors and teammates with the Cleveland Browns. He said, Greg Coleman, you motivated me to write this poem. And I'll share it back as we wind down. It's, it's, it's to be the best. To be the best is my quest. Athletes come and go, but there's something very special about being a pro. On and on towards this goal I'll strive while keeping my championship hopes alive. And let us not forget the day-to-day concentration will help make us the best in the nation. To be the best is my quest. Some might be happy just to make the Viking squad, but I'll never be satisfied until I get that Super Bowl wad. And so much happiness I know it will bring, the thrill of wearing a Super Bowl ring. To be the best is my quest. Now, everything needed I cannot mention, but I hope the things that I've said is not beyond your attention. So be the best. And that's what I want to encourage people to do, to be the best at whatever they can do, Maxie. That would give me great satisfaction on this final phase of the journey. Amen. And if people want to reach out to you, where do they do you, do you have a website? Where do they find you? Yeah, it's gregcoleman8.com. Makes sense. Gregcoleman8.com. Gregcoleman8.com. Well, thank you for all that you've done for this community, Greg. And, you know, I... I I used to love it. You know, I miss it because I used to love bumping into you out there. And, of course, we can't bump into each other because everything's closed for the last couple of years. And those were some of those great impromptu conversations when I'd stop and see you. And, and as you know, uh, as we did earlier today, we, we can talk about a lot of things that we can't talk about on the radio. And, and I enjoy every one of them. Maxie, it's been a pleasure from day one. You have been a true friend. And I appreciate those relationships and those conversations that we have. But, buddy, this is not the end. I understand. Hey, I'll be back up doing business back in Minnesota. My kids are there. My my grandkids are there. My brand-new granddaughter, Zaina Rose Coleman, is there. So I will be back to let her make a fool out of me again over and over and over. Perfect. 
Have a great uh, off-season, as we say, and we will talk to you very soon, Greg, but congratulations on a great career. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate it, man. God bless you. You too. Greg Coleman. And- this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 